BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey everyone, it's A.G. from Muller She Wrote and the Daily Beans. And Steve Pearson from the How We Win podcast. We're bringing together some of our besties for a live super pod to raise money for the How We Win Fund and elect Democrats in November. Featuring us, of course. The hilarious Frangela duo. Ben and Brett Mazelis from the Midas Touch podcast. And the one and only Kathy Griffin. Join us on Monday, August 22nd at Largo in Los Angeles. Go to HowWeWinLive.com and get your tickets now. That's HowWeWinLive.com. Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Brian Karam. He's a White House columnist. His book is titled Free the Press, The Death of American Journalism and How to Revive It. He's a political analyst for CNN, and he hosts the Just Ask the Question podcast. We have a lot to talk about, but before we get into it. The Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup, and don't forget Forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Brian Karam. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Thanks. Good to be here. I got a lot of questions for you today, um, so we're just going to get right into it as to not waste any time. Shot, <laughs> Say that again? Hit me with your best shot, baby. I, I will. <laughs> okay, so I want to start. There's so much to talk about, but I do want to start with I watched Chris Hayes last night and he had a really interesting take on Liz Cheney and I just want to see where you are on this and his basic take for those who don't know it is that he said he, he believes like the rest of the GOP has miscalculated how to behave and what to do regarding Donald Trump figuring they'll just kind of either say nothing or get behind him and protect themselves whereas Liz Cheney views Donald Trump as not only a threat to democracy but a threat to the Republican Party and that if you know he burns the entire party down 
no one is going to be able, with the, with very few exceptions, to be able to have any kind of power. And I would imagine she's considering, like herself, she's going to run for president. She may not do very well, but at least in a country oh, I where think she could win, <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know, do? if she could, I don't think she could win the no. Republican. Um, right. Yeah, she couldn't win the primaries, but if she ran in the general uh, and not as an independent, but within a with a party uh-huh. somehow, she would win. She would get a lot of uh, voters from uh, the Democrat side, the moderates who actually side with Trump. She'd get all the Trumpers who, you know, she sided with Trump 90 percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think she could fare well in a general. She could certainly make things a mess right. for the Republican Party. Well, and then, I mean, do you think, though, that her and you just said she's voted with Trump. She's like a diehard, real conservative right winger. Um, so I've seen, you know, we see a lot of Democrats who want, to, I mean, of course, she deserves, she gave us a gift, the country a gift. So she deserves to be praised for what she's done. But then, of course, she also praised the overturning of Roe v. Wade and she didn't vote for, uh, you know, the Voting Rights Acts and stuff. So do you do you think that, um, what she's doing, or do you agree that what she's doing is also to preserve the Republican Party as well as democracy? Obviously, I, I mean that's not a real. I, I have to be honest. I love Chris, but that's not like a, a, a unique perspective. <laughs> you can tell that uh, that's the case since the January six hearings. I mean that's what it's been all about. As I've written, and as others have written. She is trying to purge the Republican Party of the cancer, mm-hmm. her and Kinsinger. And if you look at all the um, people who testified during these January 6th hearings, most of them have been Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, many of them have been Republicans. Yeah. And and uh, all of that is an effort to purge the Republican Party of the cancer of Donald Trump before it becomes all-consuming and kills the host. And unfortunately, I think the host is dead, uh, at least unfortunately for Liz Cheney and other yeah. republic, other true conservatives. I think it is a wasted effort. Donald Trump uh, has turned the party into a fascist cult and will stop at nothing to regain power. And I look forward to seeing him uh, indicted, prosecuted, and uh, hopefully he'll never serve time. But that, you know, one can hope. Right. What What about house arrest? Do you see something like that? Oh, sure. I could see him being with an ankle bracelet at Mar-a-Lago, but hardly a punishment to the Don. Right. The biggest punishment to right. the Don, I think Mary Trump has, right? The biggest punishment for Donald Trump would be to be uh, divorced from the media, unable to connect on social media or the public in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. and stuck in a room with just a mirror. She says yeah. at that point in time, he would cease <laughs> to exist. And that's probably very true. Stuck in a room with a mirror. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a good point, and I agree. Um, okay, so the next thing I want to talk to you about. Now, you tweeted this last night. The DOJ has issued a sweeping grand jury subpoena uh, to the National Archives for Trump White House documents, including his daily schedule and phone logs preceding January 6th. So, to your best guess, what what do you think will can come from this? Well, I think nobody knows until we get. The information, it's obvious that the EOJ suspects that there's something incriminating there or they wouldn't ask for it, and they yeah. probably have fair good reason for asking for it. And I would say, let's see what's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's... Cough it up, baby. <laughs> um, all right, and then we're going to move on to, we're just whipping through these, uh, the former, you know, it's Allison Weiss, uh, 
Alan Weisselberg, Trump CFO. So he's pled guilty to the 15 felonies. I, I heard he got seven days in jail. So now he gets this um, plea deal. And I know yesterday there was some confusion online, and I, I didn't understand initially uh, what was going on, but I was under the impression that he was going to or would testify against the business, but not against the family. And so there are some people out there who are saying, well, then what's the point about the plea deal? What do you have to say about all that? Well, and speaking with Michael Cohen, his former fixer, mm-hmm. uh, Cohen didn't believe that uh, and, and said that, you know, Weisselberg won't flip and it, everyone wants to know why. And I guess the the lightness of the deal or perhaps he's hiding something somewhere or Donald's got a picture of him with a goat. Who knows? But there's a, <laughs> you know, there's a reason why he didn't flip. Yeah. We'll see if that stays. I mean, we don't know. Uh, and <laughs> With Donald Trump, uh, any headline today is worthless tomorrow. Uh, you have to just kind of wait and see what occurs. But I think the, the simple fact of the matter is is he pled guilty mm-hmm. for uh, tax evasion uh, in efforts that he made while working for the Trump organization, which is hilarious in so much as, as Michael Cohen has said and as many other people have said – the Donald Trump organization is Donald Trump. Yeah, that, that's it. So if he's going to jail for for that, as Cohen went to jail mm-hmm. for, you know, doing something for Donald, why isn't the Donald going to jail? <laughs> yeah. Well, and as you or at know, he's facing charges. Right. Well, I think I mean, do you think that's coming? Do you do think he's going to get indicted? I don't think there's any way he can't get indicted. I mean, if if uh, we are a, a nation of laws rather than you know a, a nation ruled by uh, its hubris, mm-hmm. then yes, he's going to have to face charges for the things that he does now and have and has done. Now, whether or not he is able to beat the rap in court, that's a different matter. Mm-hmm. But and and I will accept whatever uh, a court meets out whatever justice it meets out that's what our system is about you may not like the sob but if he's he's charged and stands before a court and he beats the rap then you know at least he's been treated like everyone else yeah if you don't bring him to up on charges for the things that he's done then that sends a horrifying message mm-hmm. that anybody with money and power can do whatever they want and the rest of us are screwed and then the ideal of the ideals of our republic are simply do not exist we just have to admit that we're nothing more than a a corporate entity dedicated to the proposition that all dollars and most of them are not created equal and that's that's it you give up on on the united states so i think he will be brought um before a court of law at some point in time and there are many places where that could happen it could happen in georgia where they they've just told rudy giuliani he's the uh Right now, he's a target of their investigation. Mm-hmm. It could have to, you know, it could have something to do with the um, FBI search and seizure of property at uh, Mar-a-Lago. It could have something to do with uh, the January 6th uh, committee, which has certainly painted a horrible picture of who Donald Trump is. And the DOJ has followed in kind with uh, in its own investigation, calling many of the same people that were in 
those wonderful videos and production of season one of J the January 6th hearings. It dropped eight really good episodes. So, I mean, or it could be something completely different. Donald mm -hmm. Trump has done something illegal with his entire life. Mm -hmm. it's, he's an abomination and an aberration, hopefully an aberration of the American system and not systemic and mm -hmm. not uh, indicative of, of you know, uh, <laughs> the majority, hopefully. So, yeah, he's got to stand trial at some point in time. Wow. Um, so what what is your, you know, I know you've seen the back and forth about criticism uh, of Merrick Garland and the DOJ, and how how are you feeling I think about what's founded? I, I it's far easier to break a law than it is to uh, catch the person breaking the law. It mm -hmm. takes a lot of time, and in this case, you're dealing with a former president of the United States. Mm -hmm. You can't just walk up to him and slap him in handcuffs. Yeah. You know, you've got to be good at what you do. And Maryland, and this is. Why Donald? This is why Donald Trump screwed because Merrick Garland is meticulous. Mm -hmm. Because Merrick Garland does think out every move. Donald Trump thinks out no moves. He reacts to mm -hmm. everything. He, mm -hmm. He's a reactionary chess player. He has no strategy. And while, while you know, and and to be honest, Merrick Garland only has one shot at this. So yeah. he better take you. You know, they say you shoot at the king, you better not miss. Right. He's going to take his time and do it. I'm fine with it. I just don't want him to miss when he takes his shot. And so far, he's proven that he doesn't take a bad shot. And right. this whole thing with uh, Mar-a-Lago is blowing up in Trump's face, <laughs> and everything that he does will blow up in his face. His minions will be exposed for the creeps that they are, like Matt Gates and uh, uh, the good senator from Kentucky who wants to change the law because uh, Donald Trump broke it. All of that uh, is indicative of a man who's very meticulous and will take his time and do it right. So I have utmost faith in what Merrick Garland is doing. And I think so far what we've seen, I mean, come on, they dragged Jeffrey Clark out of his house in his undies. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make you cheer. Nothing will. <laughs> yes, I have to admit it has been uh, pretty good for uh, not just Democrats, but for the country in the last several weeks. It seems like things are kind of turning around. I would I hope. You have Laura Ingraham saying, you know, we got to turn the page on Trump. Right. Well, what does that tell you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what it tells you is he's not getting ratings anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and and then, of course, we see uh, Sarah Palin advancing in the Alaskan race. I just can't even – I just had to throw that in there because – not that I have a question for you, but it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do we have to – do we have to put up with her again? Please, no. What, do, do you – I mean, I know – I know – the only question All I, I can say about Sarah Palin is if they, they, I have heard Republicans say that she is um, definitely in the philosophical wing of the Republican Party, and <laughs> if Sarah Palin is your philosopher, you're screwed. Yeah, I, know, I, know. I know, and I thought we were rid of her, and now here she comes again, and oh my God. Um, it only proves that when you scoop up uh, dirt, your, your dog's mess, you have to <laughs> of it don't leave it there right, it'll always exactly. crawl back <laughs> um now i wanted to ask you i know uh, mcconnell just recently said i think there's probably a greater likelihood that the house flips in the senate the senate races are just different they're statewide blah 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 i think the difference yeah, is gerrymandering we can't gerrymander those yes exactly 
Yes, it's about the gerrymandering. So my question to you about this is, now we're definitely seeing better numbers for the Democrats heading into the election. And, you know, the gerrymandering is a huge issue when it comes to the House. And I like to stay in optimism, but I also like to stay in reality. And so what are you, what do you, I mean, I think it's possible that we can win the House, but it would take oh, a I lot. Think I think it's entirely impo- uh, entirely possible that the Democrats hold on to the yeah. House and expand their margins in the Senate without a doubt. The biggest problem that the Democrats have is that they're horrible at messaging. And they and, you know, right now when, you know, the nation is slowly catching on. And I think the Roe v. Wade decision woke a lot of people up. Mm-hmm. And I think the pollsters are not quick to pick that up. And I think right. what you saw in Kansas indicates that, you um, you know, when, when the state in Moss voted to keep, you know, abortion legal, that shows you that um, that and that is probably the most bipartisan issue in this country. Mm-hmm. Women have the right to choose yeah. their own health care and how they exercise and and how they exercise their rights on their bodies. It's that, you know, if it were if every man was charged with murder when he masturbated because he killed all those, you know, babies that were, you know, possibly viable, uh, you'd, you, you would not, you don't see that law in the no, U S no. but it would, it would be turned over in a heartbeat mm-hmm. because people would just go nuts. Mm-hmm. All the men would, they don't want responsibility for anything. Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> you know, so all I'm saying is, yeah, here's a bipartisan issue uh, and hugely bipartisan issue. And when the Democrats play, their cards right they win because there are more registered democrats than there are republicans Mm -hmm. and by and large the the republican party is a minority party the discussion you have to have is how is it a minority party who has a president that's their former president who their standard bearer was twice impeached, is facing numerous charges. Everyone around him has been indicted or pled guilty, his closest confidants. He has screwed the, the, uh, the, the reaction to the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. He screwed us in uh, Russia. He screwed us in China. How does this guy, <laughs> how does a party of these guys still look like they're going to come out on top? What the hell? The Democrats have to be asleep at the wheel. They, they, the Republicans have done nothing but give the Democrats food for fodder, and we, and the Democrats don't use it. And so, I, the, the biggest problem with the Democrats are the Democrats. We have two parties in this country. One has no heart, and one has no head. <laughs> and that's the problem. If the Democrats had the head for the fight that the Republicans have, this would be over with. Republicans are don't realize that they're the albatross dying and they're fighting for everything to you know their party their party their authoritarian ways and the world has gone past them and they are the dying old white guys who are trying to cling to something that they never really had mm-hmm. but always wanted and this is their last gasp chance to get it the it, you know the democrats would be far better served if they enlightened and educated voters as to what the Republican Party truly is instead of letting the Republican Party always frame the narrative in these uh, political debates. That's the biggest fault that the Democrats make, the biggest problem that they have. They do not frame the narrative. They let the Republicans do it. And if that were to change, 
I mean, you saw what happened in Kansas when when it is when the it is crystal clear what the issue is. The Republicans will lose. Yeah, and I'm not going to argue with you that uh, Democrats don't take the lead on framing. Um, but what about the idea? And, you know, I mean, I know you're part of the news media and, and I'm not just saying this because you're on my show and I'm not kissing your ass. But, yeah, you're not one of them. I haven't seen you do this. But there are certain people, you know, Chuck Todd's of the world and they what about and they equate. I would like Soledad O'Brien put it a certain way and I wish I could remember exactly. But it's kind of like the idea of the I think it's like the Democrats are saying the sky is blue. And then the Republicans come up with something completely insane, like the sky is, you know, purple and orange and blue and black. And then the reporter takes the bullshit story from the Republicans and treats it as if it's like equal to what the Democrats are saying. And so, you know, we, we've got a lot of issues with our mainstream media. And I mean, I'm again, it's not arguing about Democratic messaging, but I think a lot of the problem is coming from the fact that you've got these people who are treating the Republican lies as if it's just as, just the same as what the Democrats are saying. Yeah, and there's a deeper problem there. That's not that's just a symptom of the problem. The problem in the American media is just blatant stupidity, <laughs> and that's brought about because of the fact that you have. When I first got into the in the business, there were eighty mm, percent of what you see, read, or hear was owned and operated by two dozen companies. Mm -hmm. Today, everything that you see, read, or hear, ninety percent of that is owned and operated by six companies. Mm -hmm. We have half the number of reporters on the planet today is on the day that I was born, and twice the number of people. You have no diversity of ownership. You have no diversity of thought. You have no education. These people go straight out of school thinking that a college degree merits them uh, a, a spot at the White House, mm -hmm. and it's an elitism that is ridiculous. There used to be you'd have to have quite a bit of experience before you would ever cover the White House. Today, you're straight out of college into the White House. Yeah, yeah I've got people there that are my kids' age. And, you know, I, I, I still understand, you know, my kids are great kids and they're in their <laughs> 20s, but, you know, they still haven't figured this shit out. <laughs> that's, you know, they're trying. God bless them. And that's the younger <laughs> ones are. But it's this blatant stupidity. It's a lot. It's the lack of numbers. It's uh, the lack of experience. And all of that is because there are fewer companies owning it. And let me tell you something. They're not the, the liberal media is a myth. They go to where the money right. is. That's yeah. what. Fox is where they are. That's why other networks are where they are. It's where they think there's a revenue stream. Mm -hmm. The actual idea of, of objective journalism has died, and it, it started dying. And this is in the book, by the way, Free the Press by Brian Cherm. <laughs> you can get it online and at Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. The point of the, the, point of the book is, is this started with Ronald Reagan. Yeah. It actually the seeds of it were planted with Nixon, the Nixon Southern strategy. Everything that we are suffering from in this country right now, the, the horrible gerrymandering, the lack of majority representation, the stinking rotten media, all of this has similar roots. They all go back to Nixon and Reagan. When Reagan took the, you know, started preaching supply side economics, that screwed everything. That created a, and it was Nixon with his Southern strategy, realizing that he, couldn't win unless he appealed to the bumpkins that have no sense. I mean, he is a William Jennings Bryan move. This is what the Republicans have become. It was Nixon and Reagan that sat the, you know, that that set the table, and it was good old Donald Trump who sat down on it with his fat ass and ate happily. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, well, I just had this thought. Um, like, if, if the Republicans, let's just say, I'm sorry, if the Democrats win, right? So the, let's say the Democrats win. We keep the House. We expand the Senate. We're able to pass the, the you know, the voting rights and we're safer heading into 2024. Let's just say that we even win 2024. Um, how do you see this playing out with the Republican Party if, if we are successful in these next two elections? Um, well, first of all, I haven't taken enough acid that I believe all those things <laughs> happen. But, but if they were to happen, you'd have to a major realignment in the Republican Party if it even still exists. And I don't think a third party like Andrew Chan, uh, Andrew, uh, I'm sorry, who was it? Andrew Yang. Yang. Yeah. I was going to talk to you about that. I don't think his party will do anything with him in it. I think he needs to, the idea of a third independent party, you know, is viable in this country, but you actually have to take stances on issues, which uh, Yang hasn't done yet. And, um, so uh, you know, I I don't know. It's it's that's way too far ahead to really see clearly. That what mm-hmm. I see right now is that in 2022, the Democrats have a good chance of holding on to the Senate, and the window is opening for their chances to hold on to the House. And the next 90 days will determine the fate of the country for the next 20 to 30 years, at least. So that's it. The focus has to be for everyone. Democrat and Republican has to be on the 2022 election. Mm-hmm. And you see this, the, the people who are, and look, and, and for my Republican friends out there who, who, who doubt what I'm saying, you have to examine yourself. The people that are being put into office or are carrying the banner of the Republican Party, do they believe in a, in a, in a nation of laws? Do they back the idea that you know every vote counts do they back the constitution do they understand that donald trump lost if you can't answer yes to those things then that person shouldn't be on the ballot because mm-hmm. they are anti the very ideals that the republicans claim they hold most dear mm-hmm. and and you know which we all do so i i i, I really think that it's until you see what happens in 2022 there really is no future for the u.s um to to, that you can look at objectively or even optimistically Mm -hmm. until the 2022 election is settled and it has to be the defeat of those who are against the constitution which means most republicans how how, what's your gut what's your gut telling you about 2022 uh, well, it depends on what I've had to eat in the morning or if I've had my morning coffee. Um, one day I'm optimistic, one day I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's t- I, I think I'll stick to the fact that there is an opening window, an opportunity for Democrats if, um, if they get the right messaging out. And in some areas, it's increasingly obvious that they have. Look, in a generic ballot, the Democrats win in a walk. Mm-hmm. But uh, generic ballots aren't real ballots. Right. And it, while it may translate to uh, the ideals and, and the ideas of, of those in the country who will vote, it simply isn't the vote there the day of. And right, yeah. What we really need to worry about, bottom line, is in, in 2022, the vote can't be. I mean, if there are legitimate disputes, yes, but it mm-hmm. can't be screaming and yelling at every local level every mm-hmm. time a Republican loses. Yeah, that's just not that's that's just crap and 
if you don't recognize the rule of law, you have no right. You should have no right in the United States to serve the United States. Yeah, totally. Um, can't argue with that one. And also, as far as DeSantis is concerned, I mean, it's clear he wants to be the president. Now he's pushing a Christian nationalism in, in school to for for the school curriculum to include, which I think is fascinating because somebody that I used to know lives in Florida and she's Jewish. And I know she wasn't a Trumper, but she was kind of like aligning with the the conservatives. And I just wonder how she feels like that. I don't talk to her anymore, but I would be so curious to know. Now, my question for you on him is I've, I've heard some, and I don't remember who said this for all I know, it could have been you, but somebody was making the case that DeSantis, I don't think it was you, was not as dangerous as Trump only because Trump has his cult and, you know, but, but the way I see it is Trump and DeSantis are both dangerous in different ways. And I'm, you know, I, how, I guess I don't want to say how afraid of you, but like how much does DeSantis concern you just in, in his general um, what he's doing and saying right now and how he's conducting himself? Anytime a representative of our government wants to limit uh, the way the press covers him and have prior restraint over what is produced about him and his events, he is a danger a standing danger to the United States of America. He should be prosecuted for it, and he should not be able to hold office. Okay, all right. Besides Donald Trump, same goes for DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> they're both the same. So DeSantis is a, a menace. I think what people are saying when they talk about his um, his threat level is that his threat level is lower than Donald Trump because he is such an arrogant, obnoxious prig and he can't hide that fact, and he will be harder, far harder, um, for him to attain the level that Don. He can't win the presidency. He can't do it. He's just an idiot and an ass, and people know it right away. So ultimately, he may not be the threat that Donald Trump is, but it's that he continues this Trump tradition, and then someone else might come along who's far better and far more capable far more charismatic and smarter uh, to take advantage Mm -hmm. of what created. And that's the worry. Well, my concern is that I, I agree with you that maybe he couldn't win in a, uh, a regular election. That's no cheating involved, but if we're unable to pass the voting rights acts and, and the house is held by Republicans and they're able to install those electors who will overturn a a general election, you know, or, or I should say uh, one that, where Democrats won in a fair way. Um, that's my concern is that like, do you, do you, do you still... how big of a concern is it? I mean, it, it, under that scenario, what, what is, uh, what does Liz Cheney do to that? I mean, mm-hmm. she's, she's a factor in this and, and maybe a large one. Oh, I don't think yeah, that's true. Can, can get the Republican nomination. I think that there are very weak players on both benches and, I, I don't see much bench strength, and the Republicans are faltering and floundering. They're a minority party. If the if the Democrats stay as energized and as vocal as the Republicans, the Republicans are done. That's the chief challenge for the, the Democrats. So arguing about who's going to be the Republican and can he do this, well, really, 
none of them matter if you just show up and, and vote. But people in this country notoriously don't. And then they bitch and wonder why we get the people that we get elected. When you think that slightly more than 50% turnout in an election is a good turnout, yeah. you're screwed because the minority voter has a great, has a larger voice because the the person who wins the race even if they win 50% if they win 60% 70% almost unheard of that's still a minority of registered voters so the voting block that turns out the most voters is the one that wins the republicans figured it out the democrats have never figured that out not since well the last person they had that fought worth a damn was james carville yeah there has been no one like him since. It's the economy, stupid. He knew what messaging was, and he knew how to do it effectively. And it's a lesson that the Democrats have forgotten. So the talking about who the Republican is going to be is like, no, we need to talk about getting people turning out for elections and voting their conscience, and there are no more Republicans at that point. That's simple. <sighs> You're right. Um and I don't know. I mean, I know that on uh, t the night of the midterms in 2018, Carville did say that the Republicans were going to win. And he was wrong. So I was really glad that he was wrong. But you were right in how he understood how to message. And I wish that we had more of that. Well, I didn't say it was the best uh, uh, right. uh, uh, at analysis. Right, I right, just right. said he had the biggest he's, mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's good at knowing how to say what needs to be said to voters, and that's extremely important. And I'm wondering, too, okay, so we see that you know Rudy's in trouble. He's the target of an investigation. Um, we've got these people in the Trump orbit who are also in trouble, and I'm wondering if you, you know, like, what happens? Do you think it's possible somebody, even though maybe Trump might not spend time in prison, do you think somebody like Rudy Giuliani could? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're just fueling my dark fantasy, aren't you? <laughs> Will Rudy Giuliani be in prison? That's the best question. <laughs> If there is a God in heaven, he's wearing orange, baby. Although, will he know it? Uh, Rudy's, uh, Rudy's ultimate defense might be, I don't know who I am. I'm going to stand in front of the sporting goods store ne next to the lawn maintenance place and have another press conference. Come on down. The Dildor store is across the street. Everybody can be served. That's but do you think he could like okay so Trump may not go to jail but would would they send Rudy to jail <laughs> are you kidding <laughs> of course I think all of them could spend but it would all be in like you know Dan Barry minimum right. you know, yeah. security press or Otisville in New York where they sent Michael Cohen right they called it Camp Cupcake and it turned out to be anything but for him you know how he almost died there but right. you know that uh but yeah that's all of them could end up seeing you know some time wearing you know monocolor you know my monochromatic mm -hmm. friend they'll be my monochromatic <laughs> friend and then what do you, do you think that would it would that matter in that like for okay so i know people would be very upset if trump doesn't go to jail i don't think he's going to go to jail either but um I, I think ankle bracelets are definitely a possibility in yeah. his future yeah uh you know confined to Mar-a-Lago. I can see that. But yeah. yeah, I don't think they'll send him to Otisville or right. any minimum security prison. But everyone else underneath him certainly can go. And look, it at the end of the day, 
prosecuting him and convicting him would be a huge win for yeah. this country. Oh, yeah. You take that win. And if it means he's got, you know, the rest of his life confined to Mar-a-Lago in, you know, chains, I'll take it. Yeah, so will I. And and do you think they'll, okay, so let's say that goes down. Here's the hypothetical. You've got Trump, who is stuck inside Mar-a-Lago for the rest of his life. You've got Rudy in jail. You've got um, other key players. You know, I don't know who. There's so many. I know they're not all going to go to jail. Um, what does that do for the morale either of MAGA or, uh, like, like, the morale for MAGA? And the Democratic Party. I imagine the Democratic Party, that's good. You know, it's good morale. But, like, what, what does that do to MAGA world? Does it make them more angry? Does it make them take a look at what they're doing and, and reassess? I think most of the people that are in MAGA, you know, except for the real extremists, they're long gone. They've been peeling away. I mean, I drive across country. I don't even see the, the uh, posters and flags for Trump like I, I saw just a year ago. I think the January 6th hearings have, uh, you know, been seeping into the conscience and consciousness of mm -hmm. the American voter for the last several months. And mm -hmm. uh, everything has been adding up. And when Laura Ingraham said maybe it's time to turn the page on Donald Trump and then by gum, that's the the biggest indication yet that he's no longer got sway. He, his sway is diminishing. And while some of his minority um, candidates have won and disrupted things. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, uh, there's no future in it, and so that's. I, I think, you know, it's it's hard to deal with um, suppositions. It's it's hard to to deal with hypotheticals because I know it. It's much easier to deal in reality, and so I always boil down. Here's the reality: he doesn't have the sway that he had. The reality is he's facing multiple charges. The reality is. The window is opening for Democrats to win and maybe even win big in the fall. The facts are that, you know, all of these things added together steer the country in a certain place. And I think I, I can see where it's going, but you have to wait until the 2020, the, yeah. like I said, the 2022 midterm elections will determine the fate of this country for the next two or three decades. And yeah. that's why everyone needs to get out and vote and get in this get as involved as possible now mm -hmm. there are less than 100 days before the midterm election and there is simply no way that you cannot be involved in letting people know exactly how important it is and why their vote matters and you know every vote counts every vote matters and if they're going to make it difficult for you to vote do it anyway to spite the sons of bitches and then when you get <laughs> the power to change it you get in and change it for the good but don't yes. let anybody stop you from exercising your right to cast a ballot. Do it with do it with an energy. Do it with an alacrity. Do it with the knowledge that this is the one election in your life that really matters and get out there and vote. Here, here. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. So before I say goodbye to you, I just want you to kind of uh, remind people about your book and uh what you wrote about because it's it, it was a good book and I just I, I want more people to read it so I tell people you know what you wrote about well I'll give everybody the the 20 cent tour on everything <laughs> they find about Ryan so the, the name of the book is free the press and you can find it on Amazon or in fine books where stores wherever you know fine books are sold and it's about 
the how the press has fallen apart in the last four decades since Ronald Reagan and how we can rebuild it and why it need why we need to bust up media monopolies I provide you know specific ways to fix it and encourage people to adopt those strategies in fixing what's wrong with American journalism and then uh, you can also see I did a documentary called six feet apart that's available on Amazon Prime and that's about the first two weeks of the uh, COVID crisis in a trip that I took across country and so that's pretty fun to look at and then the um, column you can always see at salon.com which is out there's a new one out today and of course on Twitter it's at Brian Karam and that's all my social medias so it's always at Brian Karam so check it out all of it give early give often Vote as many times as you want. <laughs> and I want to totally check out your documentary. I didn't even know that you did that, so I'm very interested. Thank you for sharing that. Um, also, sure. yeah. Oh, and the podcast, the podcast is called Just Ask the Question. Almost forgot that one. So just where we just ask people the question, what the hell? Is it? And try to be as blunt as possible because that's one thing that reporters are notoriously not these yeah. days, blunt and informed. I love blunt. So wait, go back to your podcast. So it's just ask the question and exactly what do you do? What kind of questions are you asking? Well, it depends upon who we have on, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it's Norm Eisen or Mary Trump or mm -hmm. uh, Neil Gerardo, who played, you know, uh, Pat Benatar's husband. It's it's an examination of, uh, you know, figures and celebrities and politicians and average folk and, and involved in. Uh, the wonderful experiment that is the United States of America. <laughs> very cool. I just found out that Bowser from Sha Na Na is very politically active. He's got a social security pack. I think he's the president of it. I, I'm going to try to get him on my show, but I, that, I was so completely blown away by that. I, I didn't. Did you know that? Uh, yes, I was aware that Bowser was more than a bastard. <laughs> And with that name, he would just have to be, wouldn't he? <laughs> it was just like so exciting to me. He replied to me yesterday, and I oh. didn't even, you know, he follows me. I didn't realize he followed me, and I was like, holy shit! Shanana dude follows me, and he's like all political and everything. So, uh, yeah, that was exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget the extra E. My books are on Amazon. Brian, I love talking to you. Thank you for your time. Anytime. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.